Spread the fire, welcome back to SMWX. And today I have yet another treat for you. I have author and satirist, Lisekho Tlabi, also known as her character, Coconut Kells. And today we're gonna to get behind the character, understand how it was crafted, and then ask Coconut Kells a few questions thereafter. But Lisekho, just to say, thanks so much for coming on. It's a true honor to have you on the show. Thank you. Um, like we said just before the recording, long overdue, um, but it's great to be here. I have watched some of your episodes, so I hope I keep up with also how smart and distinguished everyone sounds on the previous episodes. <laughs> well, you know, we, we know each other for a long time. Um, we, we were friends in high school, um, but we've agreed together that we will not share any high school stories because we prefer to, to bury those, those days. <laughs> also professional people now it just doesn't make sense to, re to exactly. put that out there. Yeah. like I mean, what really. happened in high school but yeah great great to have you and I remember years and years ago I don't even know when it was like first seeing this character take shape um, I recall you making like serious videos first and 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 then I remember on Facebook because we're actual Facebook friends as in like not pages friends friends yeah. And I started seeing the character. I, I think I was one of the first people in South Africa to like a Coconut Cows video. So that's also a claim to fame. Um, but just tell me and tell, you know, the listener how that came about and, and how this character began to evolve. Because it feels like a lot of people think it was a, an overnight thing. But I remember years and years ago seeing the first iterations. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, like you said, first it was angry posts. It was always, I think when I left high school, one of the things I was most disappointed in or maybe surprised by was how my white friends, and I'm using friends in inverted commas because obviously since then I've realized some friendships aren't real. Yeah, um, we've, uh, we've all had those experiences. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was really confused as to why, if things are important to me, if things affect people who look like me, that my friends never really seemed to care. And I had friends who were very passionate about dogs and animal abuse, which <laughs> also important. <laughs> but I was like, you know, you can't really ignore the black people abuse if you want us to Rhinos. march for, right? You know? um, so yeah, it was just a rage-fueled thing. I think the one thing that surprised me the most about Coconut Kells is how some people miss the layer of pure frustration and anger with which I'm sometimes coming from. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so it started off being just Facebook rants and things like that, just trying to appease to people to care, to get involved. Why are you guys so apathetic about things that really make me enraged? And if you call yourself a friend and you see me raging about something, why aren't you asking what's going on, how you can get involved? Um, so yeah, it was just basically anger. And then I think a lot of responses all the time to me were, you know, if you just said things like NASA and less aggressive, maybe people would love that. So I was like, okay, how, how does that shape and form? And slowly but surely, I mean, first she was a character called Becky and, you know, she was actually, I used like a filter of some, I just Googled like white people and then used the filter. You know how like Snapchat had face swap. Um, Is that yeah, even so a Google? Like, wow, <laughs> what a Google. <laughs> yeah, so I was just like making videos as a Becky. I just kind of literally took the comments I saw 
and mm. just send them back. And I was like, I hope you guys can hear how ridiculous you sound. I find Eventually, it so fascinating that like you were just saying, so you weren't even inventing necessarily in the early stages. You were really just reflecting. Yeah. I mean, a lot of coconut kills, even today, obviously they, I will exaggerate what I see sometimes, but hmm. a lot of coconut kills is taken from, um, you know, society pages, uh, neighborhood watch groups, uh, political oh party pages. So it's actually hmm. things I've seen. And I think that's why it probably oh, relates to interesting. people because people actually have seen these comments probably themselves on Facebook. Um, so yeah, then I decided to remove the filter because I was like, I don't want it to be taken as a joke the first time you see it. I want people to be a little bit confused as to if this is mm. real, if this is not real. Um, I mean, I'm over the confusion now because people still refuse to get it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it took shape over the like maybe two years. I was still experimenting with it or a year. And I also didn't want to make it public because I thought, you know, my friends will get it because they know who I am and where I'm coming from. But yeah. if I put this publicly, people might misconstrue it. It might be reverse racism or whatever terms mm. they've come up with. Um, so I hid a lot from that. But my friends mm. like literally convinced me. They were sharing it on, on their own. People were giving me such okay. good feedback that I was like, okay, I can try and make it public and see. That's so interesting the way you go about crafting the, the comments. Because one of the things I've always wondered about the character is, is how you are on the money so fast. Like something will happen and it will appear as if you've prepared like a month in advance for this thing that you could never have predicted. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to hear that you actually go into these groups and these, I don't know what corners of the internet you've been in, but like these sound like some rough places to be. But to actually figure out like what people really are saying and reflect that back. Because also the thing about like Twitter is you often only see what's in your bubble or, or Facebook. Yeah. Um, so I guess all this stuff is really out there, but many of us just don't see it because we're not in those bubbles. Yeah, I actively have, you know, groups that I don't enjoy people's opinions, but I'm like, I need to be here to see. Also, to be fair, like something like clicks, you know, what happened with the hair um, ad. It wasn't something that I took from comments, that video. That video was just... Okay. I know what it's like when people sit in these advertising rooms and how lily white they can be. I know how conversations have gone about our hair. You know, um, the very first Kells video I did was because of the Pretoria Girls High um, mm. hair saga. So for me, it was also just remembering the rage from there, remembering the comments from there. I am a black person. I deal with microaggressions all the time. So some of it is also just, oh, you know, I heard a comment in Parkhurst about how well I speak and, you know, people will follow me around the shop. So it's just living in that world and taking, like, I'm a big observer. I watch my surroundings. I listen. Um, you know, the other day I was in doing my nails and someone was complaining about her dog yoga. So there's just many instances where I'm like, <laughs> I'm gathering content every single day because people be wilding. <laughs> the other day oh, there was a Karen in Builder's Warehouse making a scene, speaking to the manager. So if you, yeah. I mean, if you open your eyes, like, you know, if we live in the northern suburbs, you're going to see Kells every single day. Mm -hmm. And to what extent did your experiences at school culminate in this character? Because we both share a history of, of going to these elite schools where you're in a majority in the country, but you're in a minority within these spaces. And that has kind of psychological effects that only start bubbling up later when you're like, hmm, wait, wait a second. Everything that happened there was a major, major problem. Like, to what extent do you, do you think that school experience informs the character? Um, I mean, I think to, 
I, I don't think this character would have existed if I didn't go to the schools I went to. Mm. Um, so it literally, I would say 100% of my high school experience. Mm. And like I said, the friendships and the, the circles I was in, because a lot of the friendships I had, obviously, because I was one of like two black girls in my school at some point, um, was <laughs> white friendships. And then learning that mm. white friends become white adults. And some of the views that maybe we didn't really speak about politics at school. We were just playing and going to sports and, mm. you know, whatever. And so when you grow up, obviously, you see people's opinions take shape and take form. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> okay, this is not like, I wasn't protected because I went to these schools. Um, I mean, even for me, the first time I ever heard the K word was at my school with one of my best friends. Hmm. And the first time I ever, you know, heard people being excluded because they live in the township was at my school. So all these comments that, that I heard, I think I was starting to see the bubble burst very early. It didn't take after mm. high school for me to realize that, okay, okay, yeah, we're not the same. Yeah. <laughs> You're a black girl and it means something different. So you heard the K word like used right in front of you? At, at yeah, school. in grade six, someone, you know, she picked up a hat and she said, oh my gosh, this smells like kaffir. And I was like, Shit. and I didn't maybe know exactly what mm. it meant, but I knew that it was a racial thing and it was wrong. And mm. we decided to deal with it ourselves. Like we spoke to them with very harsh tones to the point that they're now crying and, you know, making a scene. And, mm. um, you know, the principal then was called in and we were punished for inciting, <laughs> well, for making them cry and for making them feel bad. Now you've started uh, releasing these videos and suddenly, you know, they start building traction. What was that process of like, this has gone from my personal Facebook page to, Wow, this is actually starting to become a bit of a phenomenon. What was that like for you? Um, well, it was cool. I mean, I studied theater and I went to school for dramatic arts and things like that. And I was always interested in becoming an actress or doing something in front of the scenes. And so when I came back from London, um, which is where I did my degree, I was told, you know, to focus on behind the scenes because I don't have the look that requires you know, to be an actress here or whatever. So I actually was very, very miserable in my job, just trying to find a way to make it to the front of the scenes and be what I wanted to be and do what I, I studied for years and what mm. I've dreamed of since I was a child. So mm. when that started to take shape, it was like, oh my gosh, my dreams are finally coming true. And this is maybe mm. I didn't need to do auditions and, and go that route. This is the route that's working for me and it's finally happening. So it was a very awesome experience. It also yeah. came with a lot of hate and a lot of negative comments. So okay. I had to learn very quickly how to navigate that because I'm very sensitive as a person in general. So it was very tough to learn how to be thick skinned and how to mm. learn that people's opinions of you have nothing to do with you and blocking that out and stuff like that. That, that took me a lot longer to learn, but it was yeah. super exciting being opportunities I bled for. And do you remember like the first viral video where you, where you were like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that to go that big. Um, like, do you remember the first moment? Yes. The first viral video I did was, was uh, the ENCA interview with Jane Dutton. Um, the one where I spoke about, you know, my dad having a helicopter and having a line of caucus electricity, whatever. That was the first time. I mean, first of all, that video got over a million views. It was shared everywhere. There were people who I went to wow. school with who I'm, who are, you know, I've 
grew up with, whose moms were sending them the video saying, what happened to the Sohassens High School? <laughs> um, <laughs> what's wrong with your schools? What's wrong with your children? Um, so people did not get that that was a joke. Like, and it was during election mm. season last year. Um, but I mean, I'd done an interview with Jane two weeks before that, that literally got like a hundred and something views. So I was surprised because it wasn't the first time I was on the show doing the character and the way it just blew up was also mm. felt just as negative as it was positive because there was a lot of positive attention, a lot of followers, but yeah, the people who just came mm. for me was also incredible. I didn't, I didn't expect that at all. That's, that's really interesting because I think sometimes with, comedy we don't imagine that you also have to deal with the same things that people who are making political statements make in any case so to some extent people think that because it's funny you probably don't get the same heat that like someone who makes some serious quote unquote political comment makes but it's interesting to hear that like you you take lots of flack and lots of heat um, and you have to deal with that yeah, I mean, I think because my, my comedy, my brand of comedy is specifically political, mm. it's obviously mm. going to feel like I'm in the political space because people will either take the opinion of Kells and think I'm a serious person and then react to that, mm. or people don't like the fact that they know that this is satirical and clearly I'm a liberal or I'm a, I must be a, an mm. agent of the ANC or whatever it is, so yeah. they react to that. So either way, sometimes you're going to piss people off, but... Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think I expected it as hectic. I think for me, when I don't like something, I just ignore it or I block it or I mute it or, and I move mm. on. But I've never been the kind of person to kind of tag Sizwe and be like, Sizwe, yo, your podcast sucks. Like, mm. I don't really mm. get that energy. So for me, it was just like, if you don't like it, why don't you just block me and move on? Why do you have to tell mm. me you don't like it? Why is it in your spirit to show me how little you think of me or whatever? So that yeah. was probably the most surprising thing. Yeah, I know. Well, there seem to be no shortage of people who who just like to tag you and, and tell you everything they think is wrong. But um, we should have we should have read uh, our, our respective mean tweets. Actually, maybe when you come back one day, we'll do that. Um, yes, <laughs> um, I should actually do that because I would have so much content. Like if I just yeah. did every week mean tweets, it would just, it would be amazing. Yeah. So, like. <laughs> You were saying about how your like parents and stuff thought it was the real you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, t I'm really gonna do that. Okay, I'm seeing your idea. Okay, great. Yeah, sure. When you, when you see the idea, it, it came from it came from here. Um, yeah. That would be that would be really cool, actually. Even as uh, like as Kells, I even, but, I mean, get a collection of people who are like in the spotlight and just get us all. You know what, Sizwe? Yeah. Your executive producer, like. I'll give you cool. your, your, your um, props. <laughs> Done. Hashtag mean tweets. Look, I mean, <laughs> I, I've, I, I've got a trove. So like we can, we can, we can like brainstorm workshop, like how the mean tweets work and like select the best ones. Yes. Um, so you were talking about, and I find this fascinating. I, I, I bet you have a trove of stories here, but like people who think that you are Kells and don't get that this is like a satirical character that you've created. Number one, I'm interested in the white people who like see you and sympathize with you and are like, thank you for speaking for us. And then I'm also interested in like, <laughs> thank you for being the voice of this generation. And then I'm also interested in like the black people who, who are like, 
oh, there's Kells. Oh, there's, there's the coconut who sold us all out. Like, have you, do you have those experiences? Do you have stories? Um, I don't have experiences with, with white people thanking me for my service. Um, <laughs> the white people who think I'm real tend to be like millennial, like not even like, what's under millennial? Generation Z? Um, and they call me reverse racist and they're like, you know, it, actually you're really reverse racist and you're putting the, the country backwards and, you know, we don't experience racism in our generation. I'm like, okay, girl, just wait to finish high school before you, <laughs> before you talk about it. <laughs> um, but most of the experiences I have have never been in person. I think people mm. are very brave behind a profile picture and behind a keyboard. But um, I mean, I've seen looks sometimes, you know, people will be like, when I yeah. walk in somewhere or whatever, when I'm sitting and minding my own motherfucking business, um, so yeah. I can swear. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but um, I think, I just don't think anyone will actually do anything in person because I just, honestly, I know people are braver because they think they're hidden behind a keyboard. Mm. Mm. And how do you think the character has changed over time? And, and how does, you know, the popularity, the popularity of the character affect the way you think about about Kells? In terms of how she's changed over time, probably, I think there's pressure sometimes. Before when I did mm. it, it was literally just mm. me going and doing my own thing. I do think I've become, I've made it a scooch harsher, if you will, because there was a time where people were getting too comfortable with Kells and I think people were forgetting, you know, it started mm. seeming like white people were like, oh my God, she's so cute and funny. Mm. Mm. And I was like, oh, Okay, it seems like we're losing a bit of the message behind what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So right. I try to like throw bigger punches now. Um, obviously, my page has got a lot of brand activity on it. You know, I'm mm, constantly promoting mm, sure. something. So sometimes I don't want to lose the. I mean, I'm also getting a bit tired of Kels, to be honest. If I have to, you know, say it honestly. Mm. Um, but yeah, so sometimes it's like months will go by before I'm, I'm really trying to do a video. Uh, mm. I, I try to do things now a lot that I'm actually really, really touched by or that I think caused a big storm rather than yeah. just everyday things. Cause I used to post a video almost every week. Um, I mean, also the country was shaking like, two years ago. <laughs> there was people yeah. saying the K word every day and then there was <laughs> elections. And then, so there was mm. just a lot of content actually. Now it seems like people are like, I need people to be racist again. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come and be racist. But, um, yeah, I think it's changed. And sometimes I have a little bit of pressure on my shoulders. Like, I've never really watched my videos back because once it's out there, I'm like, oh, mm, really awkward mm, to watch myself. Mm, um, mm. But, yeah, I just I think there's just a bit of pressure now. But I think because I'm less invested in it, it's like, I don't know, it kind of feels like a side hustle now or something that I'm doing whilst trying to build, like, lane a that makes yeah. sense like it yeah. helps me get to the dream part and now i'm like okay you can continue living because it's important and it's part of how i get my messages across but i don't want her to be the main aspect of my career so i'm trying to also shift it away that's that's so refreshing to hear because it, it sounds funny to say it but but sometimes the more popular something gets the more tired of it you get and like the more pressure there is from all these different angles to make it something that serves the interests of not your intentions. So I can imagine I mean, that like, you, you, like brand yeah. collaborations, I'm very, very, mm. in my 
um, contracts, I'm very specific about if mm. you're going to use Kells, Kells must be Kells because we're not going to do a situation now mm. where you want me to sell mm. something and I can't mention the things that I speak about because then yeah. you just want yeah. to perform my numbers. Um, mm. But yeah, I think with Kells, it's less like the more popular it gets, the more tired I get. I think for me, it's just, it's a one trick pony kind of feeling. And I did, like mm. I said, I studied theater and there's so much more to what I can do and the roles that I mm. can take on um, mm. and the roles that I want to take on. And so it just feels like I'm stuck. I don't mind the Kells thing. It's just that I just don't want it to be the only thing because mm. yeah, mm. With this whole degree to be one character for the rest of my life. Yeah. So do you have any characters that are um, in the works? Not really. I'm not trying to do, I don't want to do like character sketch things. Um, my oh, whole life. I see. Like I, for me, it would mm. be like taking on scripts and doing, mm. and, and doing mm. actual productions and being in sitcoms or, you know, mm. telenovelas mm. and dramas. Mm. That's the kind of work that I want to do. Um, right. I'm not right. invested in being like a sketch artist or, you know, mm. doing this mm. kind of comedy forever. Um, but I mean, who knows? The thing is that works so well for Coconut Kells and the reason why I did this specific character and I don't really want to just be a bunch of characters is because Coconut Kells was a part of who I was when I was much, much, much younger. And mm. she's who my parents thought I would be by taking mm. me to the schools that I went to. You know, they were, mm. I'm my parents' biggest nightmare. Coconut Kells <laughs> is my parents' biggest nightmare. So that's why it works so well is because I know her, I was her, um, my parents feared her mm. and it's just easy to take on something in the world that I lived in and other characters would just be disingenuous because again I didn't do coconut kills to simply entertain I did it also for the message part of it like I definitely want you to laugh I want you to have a good time but for me the most important thing is like are you listening are you engaging is this changing your mind about something is this opening your mind about something are you taking the conversations back to your families especially if you're white and maybe using Kells as a way to talk to older people and say, mom, mm. it's not right to ask people you know, to touch their hair, or it's not right to tell people they speak well, or to follow them around the shops. These are called microaggressions. So mm. it's more an edutainment tool for me than it is just pure ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, on that note, we're, we're gonna move to a segment um, where, you know, we, we ask Kells a few questions. Great, um, hey Kells. Nice to meet you. Caesar, good to see you. Yeah, really, really good to see you too. Um, you know, I, I just had a few questions that I wanted to to run by you because you know people are really interested in in your opinions on things, um, and and I just wanted to you know get get the temperature on on how you're feeling about things. You know, the first thing, obviously, since the lockdown, um, you know, I've I've been cultivating this this fro. Um, my wife certainly thinks it's a good idea like yay or nay are you thinking i i keep it or, or maybe um maybe not um well you know how i feel about afros if you read my book first of all i've given lots of advice also sees you are literally in the middle you are so blessed to have a caucasian parent um i have dreamed of that my whole life uh you know it's not something i can change now but i really have always dreamed of having a white parent and it's like you could choose to be a shawn but you chose to be a seaswear and I just don't understand why you'd go the route if you can go to the privilege. Do you know what I mean? So if I were you, I would do what all our peers used to do in high school and just relax. I think it's called relaxing. Um, and just maybe, mm. maybe comb yourself like a ski ramp or something because you have the skin. 
it is believable that you could be your best Caucasian self, but you choose to be an African, and I don't, um, I don't mm. quite understand why. So it's a no. Cool. Um, well, maybe let's let's move from 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 that um, because you know I'm I'm kind of fascinated in your in your views of um, the American election coming up. You know, Trump's running for re-election. Um, how are you feeling about that? What are your views on that? Well, um, Trump is the best president America's ever had. Um, it's been said. It's been recorded. Um, he said it, but I mean, it's true if he says it. Um, so I am definitely Team Trump. Tiffany is actually a really good friend of mine. We went to high school together, Tiffany Trump. And so I wish her dad well. Like I want Uncle Donnie to make it um, <laughs> because we do need to get rid of um, horrors. You know what I mean? So it's the same in South Africa. I'm just like Hambakaya, you know, to all of them. So yeah, I think that's really, really cool. The wall is amazing. I love walls. I have a wall in my house, like lots of walls. So I'm a big fan of walls and I just, I wish them well. Um, I ordered a MAGA hat online. It's taking a really long time to get you from America. <laughs> Post office, government, ANC, cancer. But um, hopefully I get it soon. Hmm. And you know, having said that, I wonder: do you do you by any chance have uh, like a, a political bay? Is there anyone who you would like think of as a bay in in politics in South Africa? Um, do you have a crush, a political crush? John, yes. I'm just gonna say yes because I don't want him to know. It's a bit embarrassing because I work in his party, but definitely John is. He is so like handsome and he's not too smart so it's not like intimidating do you know what i mean like that's the perfect kind of guy um and his crystal beady black eyes which are always just ready to pop i think it's such a beautiful <laughs> beautiful thing to see um and i love how he talks over people i love how he interrupts he gets really angry quickly it just shows passion um so yeah john s is the best <laughs> <laughs> um you know a lot of people say that um President Ramaphosa is, is you know, um, leading South Africa well um, and that he's better than President Zuma. Um, what do you think on that? I mean, yeah, <laughs> anyone's better than um, old Mr. Zoom Zoom. But you know what? Cyril is actually a family friend of my dad's. Um, my dad is actually a black as well. So he's a close family friend. Um, and I just think I said to him, you know, Uncle Cyril, sorry but no you know what i mean because i even told him that he's too dark and he was like what do you mean and i was like hello so yeah that doesn't make a good president in my eyes and um you know uh, julius malema has been in, in court recently uh for for pushing um over someone who worked in the, is it the police or the military something like that um any thoughts on on Julius's actions? No, I mean, lots of thoughts. Uh, you must read my blog, Kelsa's thoughts on everything.com forward slash blacks forward slash skibenga forward 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 slash DA rocks. Um, but I did say that everybody in the EFF, and I know you, sis, I know that you're in the, D, in the EFF, I know you're asking me these questions so you can take it back and report back. But they are very, very dangerous thugs. They even wear overalls. Overalls are for poor people, and poor people are rough and they push. So therefore, think about it. <laughs> well, uh, Kels, that's all we have time for, but uh, I want to thank you so much. And if you see Lesejo 
please also thank her for coming on SMWX. I hope it's not the last time. Me too. Um, I hope also to host because I definitely have like a good hosting voice, a good hosting face. I think people would prefer to see me than they would see you, especially with the hair. Um, but yeah, so let me know if you want. Um, also diversity. A white host would be a right host. That's what I always say. We'll, um, we'll, we'll call you. <laughs> I'll be waiting next to my phone. I hear you.